The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy start to the NCAA tournament. And holy smokes, you could not ask for a better start to this NCAA tournament 2023. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7. Here for the next two hours for On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. And it has been an electric start to the NCAA tournament. Two games are in the books, and they were fantastic. Came down to the wire. Maryland, the eight seed, takes down West Virginia, the nine seed, 67-65. They move on to the round of 32. And then just a few minutes ago, right before we came on the air, 13-seeded Furman beats number four Virginia with a game winner, a three-pointer from the right wing. Virginia turns it over. They throw a home run ball down the court. Furman steals it, pass ahead, in rhythm, transition three, and he buried it. And Furman beats Virginia 68-67. And I know Auburn fans out there love to hear the fact that Virginia gets beat in the first round. So we're going to break those games down, give you updates all show long. We'll talk about Auburn and Iowa coming up tonight. This is the best time of the year. And man, it is so much fun. Carter, happy Thursday, brother. We're off to a hot start. This is crazy. I mean, every game right now has been uh, pretty great so far. Howard kind of fell apart against Kansas in the late first half. Uh, They were hanging in there as a 16 seed uh, playing a one seed. But every other game has been unbelievable to this point in time. Um, And, I mean, we got a Missouri-Utah State game between two teams that have great offense. Tied at 39 now. I mean, it's unbelievable i love this this start to this tournament it's a great time of year and couldn't ask for uh three better games to start this tournament no doubt about it well games obviously going all day and all night today and tomorrow and then a lot of games again on saturday and sunday so buckle up it's going to be a lot of fun and if you were with us yesterday we filled out uh, our official brackets here on the show we went through every single game in the ncaa tournament now that is one of about 50 brackets that i filled out and uh i'm down to like three or four that are actually perfect given these couple of games because I kind of go both ways a lot of times, and you have to if you're trying to get the perfect bracket, but man, the madness has already started in the NCAA tournament, and so we would love for you to call in, be a part of the show today. I know we went uh, kind of quick yesterday and didn't uh, didn't really allow for a whole lot of, of interaction with you 
our listeners, but we'd love to hear from you today. Phone lines are open. Give us a call. 334-321-1390. Your early reactions to some of these results in the NCAA tournament. How do you feel about Virginia going down in the first round deferment? We'd love to hear from you. Also, Auburn plays in their first round game tonight against Iowa. How do you feel going into that matchup with the Hawkeyes? Does Auburn come out and play like they did against Tennessee and Alabama? Or do they come out and play like they did against Arkansas in the SEC tournament? We'll talk about that as the show goes on. And coming up in hour number two, we'll have Chris Cordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. He is at the NCAA tournament somewhere, but he will join us at 3.30. He said, give him a call. So that's what we'll do. Get his thoughts on all the SEC squads here in the NCAA tournament. Wonder, so excited to talk to him. I wonder if he's in Birmingham following Houston around. He might be. He might be. Because, I, he didn't tell me. Houston I didn't ask. Radio but. personality, mm-hmm. but he's also an SEC guy. Well, he said his station two, is is on site. SEC teams in Birmingham. So I wonder if I wonder if Houston, the the trip to Birmingham made the most sense. For, yeah, for them might be. I didn't ask, but uh, he said his station that he is a part of there in Houston uh, is on location. So we'll talk to Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, coming up in hour number two. And so excited for that. And uh, again, until that point, phone lines are open. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call, 334-321-1390 with your reactions to the early results. The game's coming up today. Which ones are you most excited about? Tell us about Auburn and Iowa. Give us a call, 334-321-1390. The two games going on right now are Missouri and Utah State. Missouri currently on top, 44-41 with 13 and a half left in in that second half, one seeded Kansas on top of 16 seeded Howard, 50 to 37. And so those are the two games going on right now. Coming up in the next uh, 10 minutes or so, Alabama gets started against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. That game in Birmingham at the BJCC. We'll give you updates as the show goes on on that result as well. But the two games that have already happened, they were awesome. And I mean just awesome. Maryland beating West Virginia 67-65. to And Furman defeating Virginia on a borderline buzzer beater 68-67. to We'll talk about those games and all the ones coming up. It's going to be a busy show, but man, we're excited and we hope you are as well. We've got a couple of people on hold. Let's get to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. And Ed, you're on the line first. Welcome in. Hey guys, uh, I was just gonna, I was gonna ask one one thing. Have y'all heard the? I know you've seen uh, the Kai Spears depression walk on the Alabama from New York. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's my puppy. She's got a, <laughs> she's got a toy. Let me, but uh, that the reports that he was there, and mm-hmm. I, I know that everything's you know up in the air. But uh, what I wanted to know, he looks a lot like a guy that was patting down. Uh, Brandon Miller, you know, is that the same guy? I honestly, I haven't thought about that, Ed. I have not looked at it. Um, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I I saw the story. Um, mm-hmm. I saw AL.com. I saw the New York Times. I saw a few different places um, reference that story or, or after the New York Times wrote it. I also saw Alabama denying it. I, yeah. I'm really curious to see what, what comes out of that because – I have a hard time um, believing that the New York Times just made that up, um, and I know that they, uh, they there was a reporter in Birmingham, I think, with the New York Times that 
walked up to Kai Spears and just straight up asked him about it. And I think Kai Spears said, I'm not going to be able to talk about right, that. Right, he which, pretty much is which, exactly what he said. I mean, yeah. is not, to me, uh, yeah. just my perception of it, that's not a denial. That's not a de- denial. That's just him saying, I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, I read the same, that same kind of stuff. And, you know, it, what it goes back to is just like, you know, any any kind of thing that happens, uh, well, not anything, but a lot of things that happen bad, it's not the actual act that gets you into big trouble. It's the cover-up. And it seems to me like there's a big cover-up going on in Tuscaloosa. I, I, that's just my opinion about that. Now, you know, but I, I do think they're going to win the tournament, you know. But, uh, I think they're going to uh, win it all, Ed. Uh, well, I think... Uh, yeah, I told Doug just a while ago that they should be very the, the number one seed. Mm-hmm. You know, he he put that on us on Auburn. Uh, you know, uh, you know, they should get to the final four for sure. You know, past that, and it does. I hey, I got to be honest. It comes down to luck. Some, I mean, you remember the double dribble that yep got Auburn out of the championship. Sometimes it just comes down to stuff like that. Yeah, but absolutely. All right, guys, War Eagle. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate the call, it, Ed. Ed. Good to hear from you. That is Ed joining us on the phone lines. We had him on first, and I believe we have Shane on the line as well. Shane, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, guys. How are y'all? Doing great, Doing man. Right, how Shane. are you? How are you? I, I'm well. I wanted to touch on like a couple of different things. Yeah. One, yeah. I, I was just driving, listening to um, you know games and different things, and I, I got out of the gas station, and they had a TV on, and I just saw – I've only seen this one clip I mean, it was live of uh, Virginia Furman. Yeah, and uh, and um, you know, it was it was like eight seconds left or whatever it was, and dude just tossed it back, and and other other guy just buried that three to, yeah, did, to win yeah. it. That was all. That was awesome. That was unbelievable. I, I don't know. And it, it was, was it was such it a really weird was. moment for Virginia, a team. Well, it was your point guard Kahi Clark who. Um, was a freshman on that national championship team. And I think Virginia, we from what we've been able to gather, we asked it as soon as it happened. We think Virginia had a timeout. They did. I went back and watched the video. They had a timeout. Oh, he was falling man. out of bounds. Furman trapped him. He just, he and just, he was falling, had a timeout, and just launched a home run ball. It's and your senior the rest guard was history. making a freshman type of mistake there. Or I would rather... Um, I would, I would rather throw it off the Furman guy's leg and reset because you're eating more time if you do that. I was, right. I thought it was a you're, really you're odd, odd decision by a veteran guy for Virginia to launch that pass, and it came up well short of the intended um, target, and it was picked off by the Furman guy. He made a good pass. Uh, to his teammate and hit him in stride, and the guy stepped up and hit a super deep three to win the game. Yeah, that was that was that was so unbelievable. It was awesome. Man. He really just panicked. Like yeah. if you could, you could see in his face, he mm-hmm. he it was just he just threw the ball. I mean, uh, I don't even know if he knew where he was trying. He saw one of his jerseys and he was just trying to get it that far. And I, that was he's going to remember that for the rest of his life, probably. You know, yeah, probably. Um, and, and, and you know. He was fall- again. He was falling out of bounds at a, in a double team trap, and was trying to avoid stepping out of bounds and giving Furman the basketball in their own half court. Which I get that, but like Carter said, call the timeout, 
throw it off the guy's leg, do anything but what you just did. Uh, but, I mean, it's a tough spot to be in, and it's it's easy for us to sit here and say what he should have done, right? But, yeah. man, what a, what oh, an yeah. unbelievable play, and, and it's one to, to kickstart this NCAA tournament and the 13th seed Furman moving on to the second round. It, it was a big game regardless. And uh, so, so as a spectator, it was awesome. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to say one thing about your guest coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was he was um, kind of bashing on Auburn, Chris Gordy, about how how we shouldn't be there and and uh, how we're going to lose horribly. He said some of these words. So I, I'm just I'm, I'm I know when he gets on an Auburn station, his tone is probably going to change, and I'm just curious if that's going to happen or if he's going to stick to those guns. Because when he comes on here, he's pretty pro Auburn, uh, and then when he when he's when he's away from Auburn, he's kind of how, I guess that's how he really is. I, I don't know. I just uh, I'm curious to, to to hear it when he comes on. Yeah, well, he'll be on at three uh, thirty today, so we'll see what he has to say about yep. it. I'll, I'll be listening. I appreciate it, Shane. Good to hear appreciate from you, man. Shane. That is Shane and Ed joining us on the phone lines, and we'd love to hear from you as well. 334-321-1390. Your uh, reactions to some of these early games in the NCAA tournament, including Furman, with a game-winning three to beat Virginia in the first round. 13 seed over four, the first upset in just the second game of the NCAA tournament. Uh, talk about some of these games coming up. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And how are you feeling? about Auburn taking on Iowa tonight at 550 up in Birmingham in round one of the NCAA tournament we're talking all things college basketball today folks today and tomorrow when the NCAA tournament rolling on and we'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 keep up with your brackets if you got your picks in at ESPNAU.com and our basketball mayhem keep up with that and one lucky winner is going to take home or not lucky one uh, deserving winner I should say is going to take home a 55 inch flat screen TV a $100 Visa gift card and an Auburn Networks prize pack so be sure you're keeping up with that but man what a start here in the NCAA tournament two games in the books it's awesome man this is what it's about this is what makes the NCAA tournament so much fun is games that we just witnessed and two fantastic ones to get it started I'm just gonna say one of my uh a couple of my my brackets are already not at 100 percent a lot of mine are already not at 100 (laughs) percent I only have three one of mine is uh I think a perfect two for two right now I put your um, the two brackets we filled out yesterday, yours and mine. I put them in uh, in the system. You're at 100 percent right now. I am one for two. I have because I had the split of of Maryland and you know what's Virginia. crazy though, like my I go one for two on the first two games. I pick I pick thing I picked Maryland in basically every bracket I did, um, and then I picked I picked Virginia in a couple in the first round, um, but. I'm in like the 91.7th percentile still going one for two. I think that that speaks to just how heavy everybody mm-hmm. was on this uh, West Virginia team. Yeah. And I know we're two games in, so everybody is probably at 91.7th perc- yeah. percentile. And it, it's tough for me because I, I fill out so many brackets. And I, and I look, I'll be honest, I use multiple outlets because I'm in – a ton of different groups with family, friends, previous work friends, and, and you know current work friends and stuff like that. And so I'm in so many different ones, and I have so many different brackets everywhere that I make different picks in all of these different ones. But a lot of my 
uh, bigger bracket pools and the ones that may or may not have uh, some prizes on the line. Um, I had I had Virginia in a lot of those, but I I believed in the Furman upset, so I don't really know why I went with Virginia in most of those. So at this point in the first and second round, I just kind of watch and and see how it goes. In a couple of the bracket pools I've been, there's a whole lot of people whose brackets are just destroyed already. Had Virginia going deep? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a multitude of people with zero percentile right now. (laughs) Love it. I absolutely love it, man. That's what makes it so much fun. We got to get to our first break here in hour number one of the Thursday edition of On the Line. Give us a call. The show's open for you today, folks. 334-321-1390. What the question of the day when we come back? On the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Question of the day here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Jacob Go with Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067. It's a question of the day revolving around the NCAA tournament, and I know that it's already started, and you may want to go with the team that's already won today, but our question of the day, we'd love for you to get involved in on this, our listeners. 334-321-1390. If you had to pick five teams that are outside of a five seed so six seed and on six seven eight all the way through a 16 seed if you had to pick five teams outside of a five seed to make a run at the final four who would it be and why three three four three two one thirteen ninety and some of you may want to pick Furman after beating Virginia and if you do I'm okay with it because there's a lot of people that like this Furman team I do I don't think they make it to the final four but I do like this Furman team I had them beating Virginia in a lot of my brackets which I was checking all of them during the break most of them are already done because I went and split so many different ways um so that's exciting but do do we want to do we want to answer this question ourselves? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll jump it. We'll jump in on this, but we'd love our listeners to to chime in as well. Five teams outside of a five seed, so six through sixteen that can make a run to the final four. Give us a call 334-321-1390. Who are some teams you'd go with, Carter? My first pick would be that Oral Roberts team. That team, I think, has the experience uh, when you look at. Um, when you look at the fact that um, they have been deep in a tournament before, we've seen them do that. And then when you look at they've got uh, Connor Vanover, I believe, mm-hmm. who I think is going to be a problem and I think could be a certainly an interesting matchup for that um, Purdue team if they run into them. What would it be? It would be the Sweet 16, I think. Uh, so I got that 12 seed Oral Roberts as a uh, wow. a pick that I think could do so, do something like that. Pull a um, what was it? Saint was it was it Saint Peter's that made the Saint Peter's final four yeah. last year? Yeah, Holy cow. and you would talk about a bracket buster. Oral Roberts would be the biggest bracket buster given given what people have done with Duke and the the amount of the amount of change and the amount of. I don't even know what the word is I'm looking for, but the amount of faith that people have put in this Duke team to run to the Final Four, if Oral Roberts defeats them in round one, 
people's brackets are destroyed. And so I think Oral Roberts is a good pick. I'm going to start with a team that you and I really, really like, six-seeded Creighton. I think they're a really good squad out of the Big East. They have a pretty favorable matchup with NC State in the first round. They would then either take on Baylor or UC Santa Barbara, who I think Santa Barbara can beat that Baylor team. The Bears are not playing their best basketball. They don't play a lick of defense. If I had to pick one team, and we're going to try and pick up to five here as the show goes on, picking five teams outside of a five seed that can make it to the final four, I'm going to take the six-seeded Creighton Blue Jays. And we'll get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Terry, you're on the line. Happy Thursday, man. How are you? Happy Thursday, guys. Beautiful day out there. Beautiful. Beautiful. Great day. Um, you're going to tell me I'm over here with the seating, but I agree with you on Creighton, and I agree with you on UC Santa Barbara. Uh, um, oh, Jake really? Oh, you're, we, we, okay. we hadn't said Santa Barbara You like Santa yet, Barbara, though, huh? I do. Okay. Interesting. Why? Do you have any reasons, or just because of, of the style of play? Uh, style of play, and they managed to keep some guys around. They're not that, you know, those, those big schools, this was one and done. Uh-huh. And, and these smaller schools like Santa Barbara and others get a guy that, you know, maybe 6'4", 200 pounds, and by the time he's a senior, he's 6'11", 270. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, you know what I'm saying? That that's yeah. the, that's kind of why I like these teams, quite honestly. Because and you build you know, build camaraderie. Yeah, you build yeah. camaraderie, and they, it's hard to hard to make. That's what you're seeing with Furman today. Furman's got a lot of camaraderie, camaraderie on that team. Yeah, and that's what's exciting about a team like Furman or UC Santa Barbara and these smaller schools that, you're right, Terry, have guys that are juniors and seniors that have been through, a lot of them have seen the worst part of their programs, and now they're seeing the best part of their programs, and they've been through it all together with their head coach, and they just have they have more to play for in their minds because they are the underdogs all the time. And so, yeah, that's what makes runs like what we've seen in the past from St. Peter's and, and, and other schools, UMBC, when they beat Virginia in the first round, right? That's what makes it so special and so much fun. Yeah, and there's a couple more teams I like, too. I don't know if I get five, but because I don't know where these guys are seated, but I like the team playing Tennessee, Louisiana. 13th seed in Louisiana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like them a lot. Um, that's not a team that's got a bunch of guys that have just stayed together a while. Yeah. And now they're really good. Can score uh, like crazy, the other, too. The other team is Memphis, and I don't know where they're seated at. They're an eight seed. Okay, well, I like them a lot. I like them, too. Very, very athletic <laughs> I like team. them, too. They do have and, to uh, match up. You know, they play FAU in round one, and then they were more than likely play Purdue, the one seed in round two. Well, I, I like them against FAU. Now, Purdue, I, I don't know. That's Zach Eady. I'll tell you what. Now, that's a monster. Mm-hmm. Because, no as you know, the – the five position has kind of gone by the wayside, but he's a true center. That's what he is. So, Terry, and what he, I am so fascinated by, and I've seen a lot of people talking about it coming into this tournament, late in games in the Big Ten, when teams were down against Purdue, they would start pressing Purdue, and the two freshman guards really struggled with that. And so I think you're, you're going to see somebody – Start doing that earlier in a game than than very late when you're in desperation time. I think you're gonna see, uh, you're gonna test, see somebody test these freshman guards for Purdue, and if that's the case, I think they're like I've got them losing to Memphis in round two. I do too. Well, uh, let's be honest. The tournament is the ultimate situation for your weakness to be shown. Yep, it just is because a lot of teams aren't used to playing. You know, every other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why that's why depth is more of a factor now than ever. Yeah, agreed. So I I, I agree with that ton. I, I, look, I like Purdue. I think they're a good team. And, and but you're right, you're right, Carter. They will you know they will exploit your 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 weakness. And if that guards have trouble handling that, 
they'll have a hard time. I still like them because of the dominance of the big man, but hey, we'll see. You know, we'll see. But I, yeah, I really like the, the the Louisiana team a lot. I think they're I think they're just going to smack Tennessee around a little bit. I guess Greg Barnes has had so much trouble in the um in the in the uh, tournament. Yeah, he is. He has disappointed in March. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Take care, guys. Have a good day. Appreciate, Appreciate the call, Terry. It's good to hear from you. Hope you have a good day as well. 334-321-1390. If I was going to pick up, if we're picking up on our list here, mm-hmm. I'm going to go I'm gonna go Creighton as well with the, with the sixth seed. Uh, I just really like this team. I think that they showed you it, they're, they're really battle-tested. In non-conference play, they played a really difficult non-conference slate. Um, they're talented. We saw them get way up in the rankings, all the way up into the top 10. Kim Palm loves them mm-hmm. uh, for a 60. I think they're like the 13th team in Kim Palm, uh, which means that they're, if you go off that, they're underseeded as a six seed. I think they're a team that can put it together and make a deep run in this tournament, especially if they get by that uh, this NC State team and then potentially a Baylor team in the second round. Then they'll get a rematch against uh, potentially an Arizona team that they lost to in a close game earlier this year. Yep, picking five teams that are outside of a five seed, so six seed through a 16 that you believe could make it to a Final Four By the way, my, in this NCAA tournament. My list has gotten out of control. I have 11 teams now. Ele- holy <laughs> smoke, 11? Terry struggled to get to five, and you've got 11. Yes, I have 11. That is impressive. Well, we'll continue talking about this throughout the show, but we'd love for you to call in and be a part of it. Give you a couple of updates as we get to our bottom of the hour break. Missouri and Utah State, the Tigers have started to pull away a little bit from utah state they're up 62 53 with five and a half to play kansas up by 16 on howard and alabama texas a&m corpus christi just underway in birmingham the crimson tide on top nine to six when we come back we'll talk more ncaa tournament games and talk auburn against iowa Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes in to hour number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on an exciting Thursday edition of the show as the first day of the NCAA tournament rolls on. We have four games going on right now in the NCAA tournament, Utah State and Missouri. Uh, Missouri up top 67-56. to Kansas on top of Howard 69-52. Alabama uh, separating early against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. They're up 19-10 to with 12 and a half minutes to play. And Charleston, the 12 seed, and San Diego State, the 5 seed, just underway. It is 8-6 to Charleston with 16 minutes to go in the first and we'd love to hear from you anything on your mind regarding the NCAA tournament or anything else going on in the world of sports give us a call 334-321-1390 if you want to uh, chime in on our question of the day a team outside of the five seats, so six through 16, that can make a run at the Final Four. We've given a couple of them. Uh, we'll continue talking about that a little bit later as we go. But want to look at some of the games coming up later today uh, that excite us, Carter. One of those, obviously, is Auburn and Iowa. Going to get into that in just a second. 
I look at nine seed Illinois and eight seed Arkansas coming up at 3.30, that one on TBS. That should be a very, very fun game. The 12-5 seed Oral Roberts and Duke should be a fun one as well. I know Northwestern plays tonight. They play at 6.30 on True TV against Boise State. So some really good matchups. If Northwestern can get through that, I sneaky like the way this bracket could could shake out for them because I like catching UCLA in the spot that they would catch them. Um, If it's Gonzaga... I kind of like Northwestern against Gonzaga as well. I don't like Gonzaga to make it out of the Sweet 16. There's a lot of brackets. I don't have Gonzaga making it to the Sweet 16 because... I mean, I have TCU beating them in the second round. That's exactly what I was just about to say. And I'm curious about that game because the TCU center is no longer with the team. Yeah, which is unfortunate. I I, I really wonder how that affects the ceiling of this TCU team. If this TCU team was at full strength, they'd be... I'd have them, I might have them in the Final Four. They're on my they're list. Not. They're on my list as one of those teams outside of a five seed that can make a run at a Final Four. Um, a lot of my brackets, I have TCU losing to Kansas in the Elite Eight in the bottom portion of that bracket. So I think TCU is still really good. Um, coming out of the Big 12, they're just those teams are just so good. And people know they're good, but their records don't show it because they all beat up on each other because they're all just so physical and so equal at times. Uh, but TCU is a good team, and I do have them on my list as a team outside of the five seeds that can make a run at a Final Four. I like them to beat Gonzaga, even if their center is not with the team. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, part of me does just worry about... Oh I mean, yeah, no doubt. You have... We all know Drew Timmy... We all know that how he can win these games. I have a fear about um, without the big man. Could you see Drew Timmy just dominate a game? Is anybody picking Grand Canyon to beat Gonzaga in the first round? Has anybody I've, made I've, that pick? I've seen one or two people mention it, and that's about it. Um, I don't think it's a very popular. I don't think it is any, either by any stretch of the I don't think it is imagination. Uh, looking at another game tonight, number 10 seeded Penn State, number 7 Texas A&M. This could be one of the best games of the entire first round. Uh, just looking at the schedule for today and tonight, that one, 855 on TBS. This is a fun matchup. A&M favored by three in this game. Of course, you have both I'm of these teams. About that game. Both teams coming off a loss in their conference championship games. How exciting is this one going to be? Physicality. Good shooting, good coaching, a lot of fun. Penn State, Texas A&M tonight. Yeah, I mean this this and it's a clash of different styles. It's a Penn State team that, um, if if you're playing like the floor is lava game, it's uh, the rim is lava for for Penn State. They do not shoot at the rim. They shoot this like little weird short mid range and then threes because they're so little. Uh, A&M is kind of different because they're so physical and they're so big that that I do think that um, it's a very interesting matchup, a clash of styles between those two teams. I'm looking forward to that game because that Penn State team has been really dangerous down the stretch. They have, and they, they played Purdue within two points and had a chance to win it in the Big Ten championship game. That's a sneaky good Penn State squad. All I'm saying early, looking at this Alabama uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi game, credit to Texas A&M Corpus Christi for Keeping it within seven right now with an Alabama team that is five of seven from three to start this game. Wow. If Alabama cools off and Corpus Christi starts hitting some shots, maybe they make it a little interesting. How about those Corpus Christi uniforms, man? Those are clean, huh? Do you like those? Uh, Well, 
it just went to commercial break. On They're like the so ne- I, can't, it's, I can't see. It's it. like the. It's not a neon green, but it's like a almost like a mint green with a light blue going down the sides of it. I like it. I think they're sharp. Is it reminiscent of the Florida Gulf Coast? Yes. Then yeah. I yes. mean, I, I I like that. I thought I thought they had some nice jerseys uh, as well. I think uh, Howard's chances of a magical run are not coming to fruition yeah not may looking not cover that game either yeah not looking great but the storyline coming out of that game I don't think we've mentioned this yet um Kansas uh head coach Bill Self who did not coach in the Big 12 tournament uh with health issues he was hospitalized and then was released he is not coaching in that first round game Kansas seems to be doing okay without him but that is a storyline going forward for this Kansas team who is a favorite to go back to back and win another national championship on head coach Bill Self's mm-hmm. health when does he return to the floor to coach this team, and how does it affect them if he doesn't? Yeah, I mean, I think it's certainly something to keep an eye on just because um, I think any team would be affected by not having the head coach on the bench. I think he could be somebody, especially somebody who's won a couple national championships. You would, his presence on the bench, if things turned um, sideways or haywire, having a guy like that. I think would be a very big calming force for a team, uh, a team that does have some freshmen on it, like Grady Dick, who, by the way, is playing really well today. He has 19 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, on 7 of 13 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3. He's, he's good, great man. Game. He's really, really good. Uh, by the way, if you look at Alabama, Betty, Betty Ako and Clowney are dominant right now. They've got 16 of Alabama's 24, the two big men for mm. this Alabama team. So... Alabama clearly diagnosed uh, that they have an advantage down low and they are feeding it as much as they can right now. And just as we kind of watch it, the rebounding is going to be something that Alabama should dominate in this game. And so um, as weird as this sounds, Corpus Christi, you just got to make shots because you can't give Alabama chances to get out and run in transition. And you've got to crash the boards on the defensive side if you're Corpus Christi because this Alabama team's too good if you give them two and three shots per possession. They're up 24-15 with 10.5 to play in the first. But the game that everybody listening to this show cares the most about is Auburn and Iowa. That game tonight, 5.50 Central Time, the eight-seeded Iowa Hawkeyes, the nine-seeded Auburn Tigers. This is a game that should be fun. If both teams play well and play to their standards, it should be a lot of fun. Auburn favored Absolutely. by a point and a half tonight against Iowa. Just your initial thoughts on what it's going to take for Auburn to come out with a victory over the high-flying, high-scoring Iowa Hawkeyes. Well, I think you've this Iowa team has some long guards. Uh, I think Wendell Green has to be prepared for that. I'm curious if Iowa starts throwing uh, that trap that A&M likes to throw uh, at teams and see if, how Wendell Green handles it. I think you need a good game out of Wendell Green. I think he needs to protect the basketball. Uh, but the guys I'm looking to for big games are Jalen Williams and Janai Broom. Two guys who, Janai was okay, I guess, against Arkansas from a stat line perspective. But they got dominated on the boards. And they're going to have a size advantage. They're going to have um, a lot of things that that you would make you believe they can have a big game here. I think if those two have a big game... You get some production out of Katie Johnson and the bench. Uh, Wendell Green has a solid game and doesn't turn the ball over. Then I think Auburn matches up well because everybody's go-to comparison for this Iowa team is Missouri. 
and we know how that went for Auburn. Auburn won that game by 30 and could have won it by 45 if they wanted to in that game. It, they dominated from start to finish. But I am a little bit worried about Chris Murray. I am a little bit worried about this Iowa team if they get hot from three because they have a bunch of guys who are capable of getting hot. Peyton Sanford, Chris Murray, uh, the McCaffrey brothers. Those guys, if you control their three-point shooting, I like Auburn's chances in this game. We'd love to hear from you, our listeners. How do you feel about Auburn tonight against Iowa in the NCAA tournament? How do you feel about the matchup? Who needs to step up for the Tigers to win tonight against Iowa to move on and play on Saturday in the NCAA tournament? Give us a call, 334-321-1390. We'd love for you to be a part of the show as well. You look at both of these squads, Auburn and Iowa, coming into tonight's game, losers of two or excuse me, losers of three of their last five coming into tonight. We know Iowa can play really, really good offense and they can shoot it really well. Their defense couldn't stop a kindergarten team. So Auburn's got to find a way to be dominant offensively. They have not been dominant offensively since that Missouri game you referenced where it seemed like this team could do no wrong. I mean, I would say that that they've been, while we haven't seen a dominant performance, they've been good. They've I been mean, getting better, absolutely. They, you saw what they did in Coleman Coliseum, mm-hmm. putting up some points on a really good uh, Alabama team defensively. You saw what they, they scored the most points that a Tennessee team has given up in one half this year uh, in that second half at home in a must-win game. Um I mean, they figured out a way, despite getting dominated on the boards, to put up some points against uh, Arkansas. This offense has gotten better all year long. Uh, The shooting numbers have gotten better. The three-point shooting has gotten remarkably better, Uh, specifically Katie Johnson, who was somebody who I, I'll be honest, I ripped on pretty hard at the beginning of the year because he was shooting 25% and was still jacking up threes left and right. He fixed his shot. He got a little more air on on the ball, and I think he's been right around 50% from deep ever since he fixed that. Yeah. So if you get uh, this Auburn team shooting well, I really like Auburn's chances today. I hopped on a podcast last night and talked about Katie. I was asked about Katie Johnson, and I said, look, and and I, I did throw ourselves under the bus. I said, we have been pretty critical of Katie Johnson this year. And, but we should have been. And that's exactly what I said. I said, it was deserved, his the criticism of Katie Johnson. But I said, down the last three weeks or so, he has gotten the credit that he has deserved because he has been the reason to – he's been the reason that Auburn's been in some of these games – over the last couple of weeks and he has gotten the credit he's deserved and he has played really really well down the stretch Auburn needs him to do that in a game against Iowa tonight but here's something that worries me and I thought about this a little bit earlier today those games that we've seen Auburn lose close down the stretch a lot of them what happened in the first half a team that's really good offensively or even just solid offensively what have we seen happen in the first half against Auburn that they've come out to lose. They've given up 45 points in the first half. Yeah. And we've seen an Auburn team that offensively cannot keep up and cannot come back from giving up 45 points in the first half. Auburn cannot do that tonight against Iowa in Birmingham at the BJCC. If you give up 45-plus points in the first half to Iowa tonight, Auburn will lose because they're just not good enough offensively to come back from that big of a deficit. So, Auburn has to find a way to lock in defensively early and stop Iowa. I said, and I'll say it here, 75 is my target number. 75, the first team to 75 
will win this game. And if you can hold Iowa under 75, you've got a good chance to win. Oh, 100%. I like the number of 75 tonight between Auburn and Iowa. First team to that number will win tonight. That's my goal, and that's that's my prediction. But again, Auburn cannot, 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 cannot give up 45 points in the first half because you're going to lose if you do that. I'm curious how many times Auburn has lost games where they have scored 75. Um, The Alabama game and the Texas A&M game on the road and the West Virginia game on the road are Auburn's only three losses in which they've scored 75 points. How many wins do they have when they've scored over 75 points oh that's a lot more uh three, <laughs> that's a lot four. more yes for sure it's definitely a lot more as you kind of ten? count that up yeah they're, they're, so, they're 10 and 3 when they score 75 points well there you go that's it there you go i mean think about that 10 and 3 when they score over 75 so if you're able to score 75 and hold what or and hold iowa to 75 or less you've got a good chance to win if you're Auburn. And I think that's a recipe for success tonight. When you hold, uh, Iowa has seven of their 13 losses have come when they've scored uh, 75 or fewer points. So there you go. There mm-hmm. you go. I think 75 is my target number tonight. The race to 75 for Auburn and Iowa. Actually, I think I missed one. I think it's I think it's eight of 13 losses. I think I, think I missed the Big Ten tournament game. So a majority then, technically. Yes. Awesome. Well, it was, it was, it was majority. Still, <laughs> it was still a majority, that. yes. But still, a majority of Iowa's losses a slight majority are when they score 75 points or less so you think and take that into consideration and what this Auburn team is if they can continue their hot shooting if they can continue to run good effective offense this team has a good chance to win tonight against Iowa we'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 your thoughts on the NCAA tournament game so far the game's going on right now and Auburn versus Iowa tonight. We'll come back, wrap it up. We'll talk some more about our question of the day, giving teams outside of a five seed who can make a run at a Final Four. We'd love to hear from you as well. 334-321-1390. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up our number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins and Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7 to give you some updates on some scores around the NCAA tournament. We've talked about Maryland already taking down West Virginia in game one of the day, 67-65. And then the big upset so far today, 13-seeded Furman defeated number four Virginia, 68-67 with a three. Uh, About two seconds left on the clock. They take down the uh, double-dribbling Cavaliers. And then Missouri just gets done and wraps up a double digit victory over utah state 76 to 65 here's something for you the uh, espn uh tournament challenge they had roughly 20 million brackets submitted 18.4 million of them are already busted love that just 1.65 million are are perfect still we're three games in yes <laughs> we're three games in and that is how wild this tournament's going to be kansas they're up by 20 uh they're about to wrap up a win over howard uh without so you, bill self on the sidelines you told me that that my, my bracket on the show yesterday is perfect still yeah right you're yes Let's your go. bracket from yesterday on the show is still perfect you are Let's three go. for three so far I'm about it um i don't have very many <laughs> that are perfect anymore but like i said i split my picks everywhere and so 
I normally don't end up with uh, with anything close to a perfect bracket, but you do have a perfect. Theoretically, one so far. I've only made four brackets, so one of my four is still perfect right That's now. That's pretty good. That's pretty good math. That's pretty good odds right now mm-hmm. uh, for you. But some games already in the books. Again, Kansas about to wrap up their win over Howard. Couple of games going on right now. Uh, Alabama really having their way with Texas A&M Corpus Christi. They're up 39-25 with six minutes to play in the first half. Alabama they may play. They may put a hundred on on Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Well. They, they scored, might do it. Yeah, I think they will score 100. <laughs> they um, might just do it. They've got 39 with 620 left yep, in the so first half. They're, they're taking care of business against Texas A&M Corpus Christi and another 12-5 matchup. 12-seeded Charleston on top of San Diego State by 5, 18-13 with eight minutes to go. There are only three perfect brackets right now in our bracket uh, mayhem on the website. And... Uh, your boys, are one you of one of them? Hey, your boys, one of them. Looky right there. Now. All right, look at you. you Call me. Text me in about an hour. Uh, <laughs> and let I me see know. yours. Yours is you're you're two for three so far. Not horrible. Not horrible. <laughs> and we're all about to pick up wins for Kansas and Alabama. So uh, there's there's some confidence if you want to look at uh, the bright side. But yeah, some games going on right now, and uh, the ones that are going to be tipping off here in the next half hour or so 15 seeded Princeton and two seeded Arizona and then nine seeded Illinois taking on eight seeded Arkansas so the SEC off to a good start here in the SEC here in the uh, NCAA tournament with Missouri getting a win and Alabama uh, probably on their way to a victory as well so there may be more I don't know why it was only showing like three perfect brackets but there's there's a few um but yeah no I'm I'm loving this man this is so much fun this is it's so much fun to keep track of all of these games, and uh, I mean, it's just nonstop for the next four month. days. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, the tournament in- entirely, yes. yes, but the next four days is legitimately nonstop from like noon to midnight of basketball games, and it's it's so much fun because of how much is is on the line for these games and how much is at stake because it's win or go home. And and like we were talking about with Terry, you know what all of these teams have put in to get to this moment. The emotions that are shown from all of these teams and coaches, win or lose, the fan base is like, it is just so much fun. And uh, I wish I could be in uh, in Birmingham today to go to the Auburn game. I know a lot of people are going to be there. I know my dad's going there. Um, There's going to be a lot of Auburn fans at these games for Alabama right now and for Auburn later today. This Alabama Um, team's 8 of 3. 13 from three right now yeah that's 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 good man and look they're just they're just a good team and credit to texas a&m corpus christi they're fighting right they're down 41 25 that mm, that was swatted out but yeah a lot of my brackets are okay they're not great but they're okay but it's been exciting to start this ncaa tournament couldn't ask for a better start if you ask me i mean just so much fun with teams with upsets and going back and forth And we're an hour in to the Thursday edition of On the Line. Hour number two is coming up. We'll talk more NCAA tournament. We'll talk more about Auburn and Iowa. Plus, Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, joins us in hour number two. The following is an Auburn Network production. Are on the line live on ESPN 1067 
Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goetz and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thursday, March 16th, 2023. Day one of the NCAA tournament, and it has been very, very exciting. Hopefully, you've been keeping up with it, and hopefully, you've been tuned in for all of hour number one. But if you're just now tuning in for hour number two, we're happy that you're here. If you missed any of that first hour, be sure to go back and catch up with the podcast. You can find it ESPNA au.com at espnau.com and click on the content or the uh, podcast center and you can find a commercial free right there or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast hour number one full of breaking down the first few games that have gone final in the ncaa tournament which includes the Furman uh game winning shot to beat virginia the 13th seed with the first upset of the tournament taking down four seed of virginia 68 to 67 we talked about that we talked about all the games that have happened so far the ones that are going on right now and so if you missed any of that in hour number one had some great phone calls as well in that first hour so be sure to go and catch up with the podcast at espnau.com here in hour number two we'll give you an update on what's going on around the country in the ncaa tournament talk some more about auburn and iowa what it's going to take for the tigers to beat iowa and get the technical upset against the eight-seeded Iowa Hawkeyes and move on to the round of 32. Also, coming up at 3.30, Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, will join us on the phone lines as he is live at an NCAA tournament venue, and he'll give us his thoughts on all the teams from around the SEC, including Auburn, and what they have to do tonight to beat Iowa. But until then, phone lines are open. Give us a call. We would love to hear from you, our listeners, your thoughts on the first games going on throughout the day of the first round of the NCAA tournament. What do you think about Auburn tonight against Iowa? Are you feeling good about it? Are you worried or nervous about Iowa tonight for Auburn in round one? Give us a call. 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. Carter, it's been an awesome day so far, and we are four games in, and according to ESPN, on their bracket pool, on their tournament challenge, As of seven minutes ago, just 4.2% of perfect brackets remain out of the 20 million that were entered. And I know on our basketball mayhem, there are very few left at ESPNAU.com. Yeah, it's absolutely insane that we've already gotten to this point that that these brackets are already so busted. Um, I love it. I love it. I think it's it's, could not be more exciting um, to see just chaos all over um college basketball i love to see it and uh i know we're gonna see a lot a lot more than um just this right now well we knew coming into this just how this entire college basketball regular season and conference tournament season went we knew it was going to be like this we knew it was going to be just upset city and 
brackets falling off left and right, teams beating teams they shouldn't beat and all that. We knew it was going to be crazy, and yet we're just three hours, four hours into this thing. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. And to give you a recap of what has happened so far, uh, we have four games that are already in the books recorded as victories. Number one, Kansas. They uh, take care of business against number 16, Howard, 96-68. to Kansas moving on to the round of 32. I mentioned the 13-seeded Furman taking down four-seeded Virginia 68-67 to thanks to a three-pointer with two seconds to go off of a Virginia turnover, a bad Virginia turnover as they get trapped in the corner. They throw it full court, intercepted by Furman, pass ahead, three-pointer in transition, and knocked it down for a one-point win for Furman. They get the first upset of the NCAA tournament. And SEC squad number seven, Missouri, takes down number 10, Utah State, 76-65. So the SEC off to a good start in March Madness. And then eight-seeded Maryland in the first game of the day, they take down nine-seeded West Virginia, 67 to 65. Those games are in the books. And the two games going on right now, Alabama up by a lot they're about to be up by 20 against Texas A&M Corpus Christi with a uh, Quinterly free throw at the at the line and he knocks it down so a 20 point lead for Alabama over Texas A&M Corpus Christi with just under two to play in the first half we got Charleston San Diego State locked in a tight one how about it it's been a low scoring first half in this game just four minutes left both teams are tied at 24 Uh, I mean it's been a grinded out game early in this one yeah, and a lot of fun in that 12-5 matchup. We know just how fun it is. A lot of people are riding on that Charleston team to make a little run in this NCAA tournament. couple of games coming up here to wrap up the afternoon session of the NCAA tournament. 15-seeded Princeton taking on two-seeded Arizona. That is scheduled for 3-10. And then Illinois as a nine seed and Arkansas the eight seed set to tip off at 3.30. You'll want to be sure you're keeping up with that one. We'll give you updates as will the drive who will be on location today. They're at Sky Bar as they will be uh, there giving you all the information in the rundown on these NCAA tournament games as well and previewing Auburn and Iowa. So a busy day here at ESPN 106.7. Busy day around the country and in college basketball and We'll start talking some more about Auburn because we'll have Chris Gordy coming up a little bit later. We mentioned in the first half how it's important for Auburn to to play well. It's important for guys like Jani Broom and Jalen Williams and Katie Johnson to continue their good play. And if you're just joining us in this second hour, I said a couple of things. I said my target number tonight, my target score is 75. Yeah. Whoever gets to 75 first will win this game. And I think 75 is a number that Auburn should try to hold West Virginia, or not West Virginia, um, Iowa. Iowa. My, my brain just went completely blank for a second. Iowa. I just watched um, like you, your brain do a hard re- reset <laughs> on the air. Yeah, smoke start coming out of my ears. The gears, <laughs> the gears got stuck there for just a second. But Auburn and Iowa, um, if Auburn can hold Iowa under 75 points, I think they have a good chance to win this game because of how good the Hawkeyes are offensively and how good Auburn is defensively. If you can hold them to under 75 I think that's a very good recipe for success. And also, I said Auburn has to avoid the trend that they got into a couple of times this year. You cannot give up 45 points in the first half. We saw Auburn do it multiple times. 
You cannot do that against Iowa. If you give up 45 in the first half, they're going to drop 90 on you. And we know Auburn cannot score 90 points. So those two things, I think, are very, very important. Auburn to hold Iowa under 75. And to do that, don't give up 45 in the first half. Yeah, and this is an Iowa team with the way that they can get hot. They're very capable of scoring that amount of points in uh, I mean, they're what a top three offense, I think, in adjusted offensive efficiency in the country. Um, this is a really good um, Iowa offense, and if they get hot from deep, they can put up a really big number in one half of basketball. Uh, if they're cold, though, uh, and Auburn can can lock them up with the really good defense, um, then I think that. Auburn is in a really good spot to kind of command this game. And and I think it, it could be um, maybe not as dominant as the Missouri game was for Auburn uh, in Neville Arena. I But I, I feel good about this matchup. I really, really do. You like it. You mm-hmm. like I mean, look, I have Auburn in most of my brackets, but just talking, just talking the game isolated itself, um, Auburn – Auburn matches up with Iowa really well. I don't think Iowa has the size to compete with Auburn. I think this should be a game. I talk about Jani Broom, how he should be a walking double-double, how he should always have 10 points, 10 rebounds every time he steps on the floor. Tonight should be that that example. Tonight should be that situation. And Auburn's going to have to rebound because Iowa is too good of an offensive team to give them two and three possessions or two or three shots per possession because eventually it's it's sort of like an Alabama team. If you give them enough shots, they're going to eventually make them and Auburn cannot hang with Iowa bucket for bucket and especially three-pointer for three-pointer. And for a team that's not super big, this Iowa team is decent. They're pretty decent at getting on the offensive glass and getting those extra possessions. Which means they follow their misses. Well, and I think part of it is when you shoot a lot of threes, you do get some longer rebounds Mm -hmm. and can, as a smaller team, run into some more offensive boards. But I think Auburn needs to dominate the glass in this game. I think it's vital. Uh, And I think Auburn needs to dominate down low, and I think they very well can. Reb Racha is a good player down low for Iowa, but he's not... Oscar Shibway. He's not uh, some of these big men that Auburn have seen has seen this year, um, and I'm really curious to see uh, just what kind of effort we see out of the Auburn bigs. A 20 point lead and 54 points in the first half I for Alabama. Went to half. Nope, they got a few more there at the end. A 20 point lead and 54 total points in the first half for Alabama. That's impressive. And that's the thing, man. With a team like Texas A&M Corpus Christi, who won the play-in game in Dayton, that's your reward. Like, congratulations. Here you go. Here's Alabama. So, look, we we all knew the Crimson Tide was going to win this game. They're having an impressive showing in game one. I need Maryland to be back at the hotel right now, resting up. (laughs) um, Do you you want them watching this game or just not even worried about it? Oh, yeah, I want them watching the game. Oh, I want them... them rested ready to roll in in a couple days but truly okay so take this for example because you have maryland beating alabama in the round of 32 what does a team like maryland get from watching alabama win this game by 20 at the half and probably by 30 to 35 by the end of it what do you get from a game like this if you're trying to watch film well, you see the fact that Alabama is 10 of 17 from three. That's ridiculous. And you know how you have to get out on those shooters. 
we saw earlier this year, um, I think it was, it may have been during one of the after the games, they were showing highlights uh, of Alabama playing LSU. And LSU just refused to get out on shooters. Like they were, Brandon Miller was shooting like 42% from three at that point in the year. Mm. And they were giving him 10 feet of space. They were treating him like early in the year, uh, you saw teams treating Jani Broom when he'd catch it out on the three point line. Now he's starting to hit some here of late, and they've had to respect it a little bit more. But you heard it here first Jani Broom and Brandon Miller are in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is 100% what I'm, what I'm trying to do here. Uh, but you can't do that to this Alabama team because they've got Mark Sears, who's three of four from three in this first half. They've got Noah Clowney at 6'10", is three of four from three in the first what? half. Uh, I mean, oh he's gosh. he's got 10 points. <laughs> almost, nine of those 10 obviously coming from behind the arc. Uh, Mark Sears, he's got 13 at the half. This Corpus Christi team is doing a great job controlling Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller has zero points at halftime. They have 54 points, and Brandon Miller has not made a shot yet. Hmm. How about that? What's you, how many has he shot? He has three shots. He's 0 for 3, 0 for 2 from 3. He does have five boards. He is uh, tied with Pringle uh, for the Pringle and one of Corpus Christi's guys for uh, the game high in rebounds in the first half. It's not bad for Alabama to be able to put up 40, 54 points and a half and Brandon Miller doesn't contribute a single one of them. That's not too bad. But maybe Corpus well, Christi's game plan was to shut down Brandon Miller and make others others beat you. Well, when other guys, when you've got Mark Sears and Noah Clowney going six of eight from three and a half. What do you do? What do you hard, do? It's hard to overcome that. I mean, that's 18 points right there in a 20-point game. Hmm. Man, 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 man. Well, Alabama up by 20 at the half on Texas A&M Corpus Christi. But to get back to Auburn and Iowa tonight, we'd love to hear from you, our listener, your thoughts on Auburn's performance in their their game tonight against Iowa. Do you think they play well? Which version of this Auburn team do we see tonight? I think that's a legitimate question. Which version do we see tonight in Birmingham? Should be a home crowd. I think that will play into this. It's not Neville Arena, but... You should have a very hefty fan base there tonight. Ticket prices were over double for the Auburn-Iowa game than they were the Alabama-Corpus Christi Yeah, I think it was at one point I saw like $90 for the cheapest ticket for um, the the Alabama game. Uh, I think it was $160-something at one point in the week. It may have changed since then. It's been fluctuating a lot over the past couple of days. Now, there is a little bit to that. Alabama's playing a 16 seed, so there's not going to be a lot of their fans there, but... And Auburn's playing a nine seed, so it should be, it will be a much better game. But still, I mean, I think Auburn fans will show up. I think they'll show out. They should. If you're in Auburn and still have a chance to get up there, uh, you're kind of running out of time. But hit the road and drive fast. You never know. You may be able to get there. Um, or if you're trying to go for Saturday, if Auburn were to win today, do that as well. I highly recommend that you do that. But I think it's a legitimate question, Carter. And, and again, I would love our listeners to to chime in on this. What version of Auburn do we see? Do we see the version that played Tennessee and Alabama close and should have won both of those games? Or do you see, or in the the game against Tennessee where you won, right? Or do you see the version of Auburn that played Arkansas in the SEC tournament and played Texas A&M twice this year and played West Virginia on the road this year? Like, what version of Auburn are we going to see? I think you're going to see a motivated Auburn team. I think the fact that the game is in Birmingham is going to allow for um, Auburn to 
not be on edge, like not treat it um, like a road game. And I think it'll allow this team to take a deep breath and just kind of relax. Um, and I think that's going to be big. And I know that this Auburn team is going to play extremely hard. I'm excited to watch them uh, to tonight. And I think that I think you're going to see a very motivated Auburn team because when Auburn's been backed into a corner and had to win games. When it's been a must-win scenario, we've seen really great effort out of Auburn. The SEC tournament game against Arkansas, I wouldn't describe that as a had-to-must-win kind of game. This one, obviously, you lose. You don't play any more games in your season. I expect to see the Auburn team that we saw against Tennessee at home and at Alabama. And if you see that, Auburn's going to win this game tonight. I think that's something that Bruce Pearl is good at doing and good at getting out of his team is maximum effort when you need it most. I think I'd like to see that more consistently throughout a season at times, especially with this team, but that doesn't matter anymore. Your back is against the wall. It is win or go home at this point and interested to see what this team does, how they react. Look, I was going to go on some runs. They're too good offensively not to. And so I look to see... How this Auburn team responds tonight to those runs from Iowa when they get punched in the mouth, does Auburn? How do they respond? How do they mentally react to one another? How do they react to to Bruce Pearl? And I'm interested to see if any Iowa fans or how many Iowa fans are going to be in Birmingham tonight because, again, it should be a borderline Auburn home game. It should. But Iowa fans are travel. They will travel. And, and Iowa fans are dedicated. So, when Iowa goes on those runs and Auburn gets punched in the mouth, how do they respond? Are they positive about it? Are they grouped together? Are they working as a team? Or are they going single basketball and trying to win it one-on-one? We'll see how it goes tonight. We got to get to our first break in hour number two. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you, our listeners. 334-321-1390. We'll get back into our question of the day when we come back. On the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Question of the day here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067. We'd love for you to be a part of our question of the day. Get your thoughts on this or anything else in the world of college basketball. 334 321-1390. We started on this back in the first hour, but we want to hear your teams and your picks, any team outside of a five seed, so six through 16 seeds, that you think could make a run to the final four. Give us a call, 334-321-1390. Maybe you want to go with the 13-seeded Furman who already beat Virginia today. If you're confident in that, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. We have already picked a couple. I have three more that I want to talk about quickly. I've already picked the six-seeded Creighton Blue Jays out of the Big East. I love that Creighton team. If they start to play better, they've got a pretty good draw, and I think if some chaos can happen in their portion of the bracket, I think they can make a run. I also like the six-seeded TCU Horn Frogs out of uh, their portion of the bracket as well. I think they can beat Gonzaga in the round of 32. I think they can beat Northwestern, who will beat UCLA in the round of 32, and then TCU beats Northwestern like, in the I, Sweet I, 16. I like that you you said Northwest. I think that they could beat Northwestern, and then when I looked up, you're like, 
who will beat UCLA. <laughs> to, to, hey, man, look, I'm not, hey, I'm not trying to cause a stir on this program, okay? And I think TCU can beat Kansas in the Elite Eight. More times than not, I have Kansas winning that matchup, but TCU is good enough to do it. We've seen TCU beats the best of the best in the Big 12. Three more teams I want to talk about quickly. Eight-seeded Memphis. Terry brought that up in the first hour when he called in about this. He brought up the Memphis Tigers. If they win their first-round game against FAU, they then would be playing more than likely the one-seeded Purdue Boilermakers. I like Memphis in that game. I like their senior guards versus the freshman guards of, of Purdue. I think if Memphis can pull Zach Eady away from the basket, I think Memphis can make a run in this tournament. To give you a double-digit seed, Providence, the 11th seed. They're matched up against Kentucky in round one. I think if they can use their high-scoring ability and use their their experience coming out of the second-best conference in college basketball, the Big East, why not? Why not make a run for Providence and revive that program just a little bit? There's my double-digit seed to make a run at the Final Four and one more outside of a five seed. I think if they play well and if this team is able to rally and do what they know, do what they can do that we know they can do and put together multiple performances together in back-to-back-to-back games, I'm taking nine-seeded Auburn. I think if Auburn can put together some games and wow. shoot the ball and not fold mentally, there's an opportunity for this Auburn team to make a run at a Final Four. Do wow. I think it happens? Probably not. But I like them against Iowa tonight. I like them against Houston in round two because of I just don't trust Houston. They've beaten one good team this year. They have one quad one win, does Houston. And after that, I like them matching up against a 12-seeded Drake, a four-seeded Indiana, or possibly a three-seeded Xavier or a Texas A&M, something like that. Am I saying that Auburn is making a run to the Final Four? No. But if they can put it together, I don't hate the idea of it. Yeah. I, I think that's totally fair. I mean, when I look at uh, these first two teams that I picked, I picked Oral Roberts and I picked Creighton. Uh, my third team is Texas A&M. I think they're the most underseeded team in this tournament. Um, I think they match up well with Penn State. Granted, I mean, if Penn State just range threes, there's not much you can do. Um, but I think I kind of like them against Texas. I think it's a, it'd be a really fun matchup there um, to have that rivalry, that rivalry that's coming back here soon. Um, so excited that, for that. To see that matchup in the second round. If they get through that, I like him against Xavier. I like him against Xavier. I don't think Iowa State gets there. Um, I don't think Pitt gets there. And then you're matched up with uh, uh, likely a Houston team based on the percentages. I just like this A&M team. I think they play really good ball. I believe in Buzz Williams as a coach. Uh, that, that is my third team I would pick. Um, why not? Let's go nuts. Uh, Northwestern. Shocker! I was kidding. <laughs> I think they get it done against Boise State. I think it'll be. I think that'll be the. I like the matchup more with UCLA. I, they're also they're not going to be favored against U, UCLA, but they're favored against Boise State. I think it's going to be a grinded out, ugly game. I think it's going to remind me a lot of. Um, I mean, Northwestern doesn't have the shooting and the pace that the Final Four Auburn team had. Uh, but I think it's going to be a grinded out kind of game that like you're on the edge of your seat against Boise State the entire time. Um, 
like like Auburn was against New Mexico State that final four year. Then you get a UCLA team that is shorthanded. I like Northwestern in that matchup. I really do. I think they get that one done. I think they get to the Sweet 16, and you either get a TCU team that doesn't have its center, or you get a Gonzaga team that I think uh, can throw some stuff at Drew Timmy and that Gonzaga team that they're not ready for um, That that's pretty unique. And I think the way that just how violent and aggressive Northwestern traps the post I think could be something that I don't think Drew Timmy runs into all that often, and I'm curious to see how he reacts. I know he likes to spin and get to his left hand. That's his go-to trademark move. Um, but I think Northwestern could get it done, and then uh, at that point, you're getting either some version of uh, the Arkansas-Illinois or Kansas or St. Mary's and UConn. Then you're one win away. Um I think it's important to note that there are just so many teams that could legitimately make a run to the Final Four. It's been a crazy start to the NCAA tournament. It's only going to get crazier. My fifth one's Maryland. Ooh, interesting. Hey, as we get to a break, Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, coming up to join us. Reminder, The Drive will be on location at Skybar today, 4-6, to six, with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck. All that coming up on ESPN 106.7. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067 here for the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back as we welcome in Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. He joins us every Thursday on the show. Chris, are you taking in all of the madness already on this Thursday? Yeah, I mean, there's been a little bit of madness. I, I um, You know, it's funny. The conversations I've had the last few days with people regarding the tournament, I talked to somebody a couple of days ago who has followed the Big 12 in West Virginia, and they said, look, this is one of Bob Huggins' worst teams. They're like, do not take West Virginia. Take Maryland all the way. And so Interesting. I, had, I, I had Maryland and uh, had a few people that were hanging out with. They had West Virginia because it's an easy 9-8 you know, nine eight upset in your bracket. You get the extra point in the Yahoo leagues if you if you pick the upset. But uh, <laughs> lo and behold, Maryland hung on and good valiant effort from West Virginia. The Bob Huggins one and done yet again, and uh, that one was good. The Virginia one, I don't know, man. I keep looking at Tony Bennett going like, dude, like he had the one great year where they won the tournament, but outside of there, that they were the, you know the, the one team in recent history that was the 16 seed to lose to one like. How many early yeah. exits is Tony Bennett and Virginia going to have? But uh, shout out to Furman. I had no idea what a, Fer- what a Furman was or what their mascot was. <laughs> but kudos to them. You, so, so you're telling us that you didn't know about the Furman Paladins before, before that game? Didn't know, still don't know what a Paladin is, but I know that it's associated with Furman. But it's funny. I did a podcast last night with my buddy Chris Marler from the College Football Intensive Podcast. And we had uh, one of the guys on Mike Calabrese from the uh, – the action network and he was getting on a bunch of picks and I didn't even realize he gave us Furman last night. Marler texted me earlier and goes, dude, were you in a Furman? I was like, Oh crap. I didn't bet that one. I should have, I should have been listening closer because he gave us that pick last night. So, uh, I'm, I'm a little surprised that, that you were so all in on Maryland because it just, I don't know if it's just the perspective that we have in, in people we talk to. It felt like everybody was all in on, on that West Virginia team. 
But I've watched that Maryland team a few times. They're pretty experienced. They're pretty good. Go ahead and tell um, them your pick for Maryland also. Oh, oh, I've got I've got Alabama or I've got Alabama losing to Maryland in the next round just because those five seniors and the first six guys on the court for Maryland and that guard Jameer Young and Julian uh Reese. How do you feel about that having watched uh this Alabama team in the first half and this this Maryland team pull out a big win over uh, West West Virginia. Look, we're not going to have any kind of Alabama upsets here, right? They're up twenty on uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, <laughs> I got Bama winning it all in multiple brackets, so they okay. better not lose to Maryland. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, look, I, I, and I've said it, guys. I'm a little biased, but like of all the teams I've watched this year, college basketball, Bama's the most complete team. I mean. Yep. How many times have we watched them win games, even when they're not playing their best? They still found ways to gut it out. They overcame the adversity of, uh, you know, with the shooting and all that kind of stuff, and it still didn't cost them a game. And I go back and look at their three losses they had, all came on the road in hostile environments. And you know, the best part about the NCAA tournament is you don't have to go in hostile environments. You're playing in neutral courts the whole way. So that's why I just kept saying Nate Oates has done a really good job with this team. Done a horrible job PR wise, but he's done a great Fair. job coaching his team. And uh, and man, I just I think Alabama this could be the year. I mean, look, you know, if you want to take them to the Final Four, fine. I got a winning it all, but uh, we'll see how far they can go. So, Chris, I mean, with it, the the whole storyline around Brandon Miller and this Alabama team, it's not going away. If anything, like it's more and more stuff continues to pop up with the New York Times story that came out last night. I mean, as they go deeper. Does the noise get louder and louder and louder? And does that eventually kind of shake this team that does have a decent amount of underclassmen and freshmen on the roster? Yeah, I don't know how much more it could get. You know, I mean, like it's already been to the brink. Unless they're going to find out that Brandon Miller is the one who pulled the trigger. Like, I don't, I don't know what else uh, mm-hmm. could come out that they could overcome. I mean, the latest story was that you know one of the walk-ons may have been present in the car. I mean. I get it. It's the New York Times. They're they're vetting information and putting it out there. But I don't know how much that changes things. I mean, the walk on is not going to play. He's not going to lose focus. Suddenly, you know. So um, it is what it is. The further they go, the more tension they're going to get nationally. But again, they've just done a great job of blocking out the noise and finding ways to overcome. And Brandon Miller's been so special. I'm even starting to see now, guys. You know, it's kind of you know NBA Draft.net and all the mock drafts for the NBA. It's kind of been a consensus that the two best players in this draft are Victor Wembanyama from from France and Scoot Henderson, who's in the G League, and that Brandon Miller was kind of third. I'm starting to see mock drafts now that are having Brandon Miller skip Scoot Henderson as the second best player in this draft. That's wow. how good Brandon Miller is. So, uh, yeah, look, is he going to have that that thing follow him around for a while? Sure, but uh, no doubt he is a special, special talent and been the best player I've seen in the SEC this year and one of the best players in the country. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, joining us here on On the Line. You look around the NCAA tournament at SEC squads, talking about Alabama, who are taking care of business against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. You have Missouri get the first win for the conference, beating Utah State earlier today. uh, You have Tennessee taking on Louisiana. That'll be tomorrow. Kentucky, or that'll be uh, today, actually, excuse me, Kentucky taking on Providence tomorrow. Auburn taking on Iowa tonight and some other SEC squads. Arkansas and Illinois just tipped off. What is your take on the SEC teams, all eight of them in the SEC or in the NCAA tournament, just them as a collective, and then this Auburn game tonight against Iowa? Yeah, well, I mean, Mississippi State lost the other night on a heartbreaker. You're not going to get more of an open look than that. I thought they had a chance, but they lose in the first the first four games. So, 
uh, we'll take Mississippi State out. So of the seven remaining, uh, yeah, Mizzou gets to start off on the rough foot, right foot with a one to no record on the day. Uh, can't say enough about Dennis Gates. What a great job he did coming over from Cleveland State. And everybody I heard at, at Missouri, when they first hired him, they said how excited they were to have him and just what a difference maker he was going to be. And we're seeing that already. So kudos to Dennis Gates. Year one in Missouri, already won a, an NCAA tournament game. So he is, uh, he's got them on the right path. We'll see with the rest. Um, you know, I still, my last bracket, I went back and forth. I've got Auburn losing in the first round. Oh, uh, Chris. I know. <laughs> Chris. I just, I, this is not a good team. Like, if you watched Auburn all year, this is not one of Bruce Pearl's better teams. That's last fair. year's team was better. Last year's team had Jabari freaking Smith and, and Walker Kessler, and they still lost. <laughs> so, like, come in the on. second I, round, not, though, Chris. Yeah, but, like, come on. I'm not buying into, I'm not buying into this team. I just. They've disappointed me all year. I've lost bets on them. So, uh, look, if they want to go surprise me and shock me, they're going to have the home the home field advantage. I know there's a ton of Auburn fans there in Birmingham excited to support them. And who knows? I mean, they could get in on, get in on a heater. If they beat Iowa, they could beat Houston, who's not at full strength. It sounds like Marcus Sasser is going to sit out tonight out of precaution. Let's say wow. he comes back for the let's say he comes back to the Auburn game and he's at you know 50 percent strength. Like that is a that is a game where Auburn could win. So, look, I'm doubting Auburn. I'm questioning them. I got them losing tonight, but they can certainly find their way, you know, on their way to a Sweet 16 if they can uh, pull off a win today. So it doesn't it doesn't worry you about your Iowa pick that everybody I have heard make a comparison for this Iowa team. They have all mentioned Missouri, who Auburn just wire to wire blew out of the water and could have won the game by 45 if they wanted to, beat them by like 30. Uh, are, does that worry you at all with this pick? No. I mean, what did Auburn do in their other recent game? That's I mean, fair. That's the, fair. I'm just saying from a matchup win, perspective. Yeah, I mean, outside of the win over Tennessee, they've just, they just they have disappointed me left and right. And so, fair. again, I, I hope they prove me wrong for all the Auburn fans out there. I, I hope that they go out there and find a way to get it done. But I just, of all the recent teams that, that Bruce Pearl has had, this is, this is one of the weaker ones. This is one that yeah. I just don't have much faith Agreed. in. So. We'll see what happens. I, I had Arkansas being one and done as well, but then I heard somebody tell me yesterday how terrible Illinois is and that, you know, keep in mind, Eric Musselman just went to back-to-back Elite Eights mm-hmm. and they got Nick Smith back, who's an elite talent. So I switched it. I had both Auburn and Arkansas one and done, but I switched it. I, I've got Arkansas winning today. And, uh, look, the coaching experience matters. The, the guys who have made deep tournament runs in recent years like Musselman, I think maybe we'll see that come through today. So I got them winning. Uh, I did tell somebody told me last night that Louisiana Lafayette put them on upset alert over Tennessee. That Tennessee's a different team without the guy Ziegler. Uh-oh. So I think that's the, fair. The, and the Vols are a four seed, so we'll see if they go down. And then my last one, I had Providence over Kentucky tomorrow. And then our buddy from the Action Network said he's got Kentucky going to the Sweet 16. So. I very quickly changed my pick for tomorrow. <laughs> I got Kentucky beating Providence, but uh, who knows? We'll see. Chris, uh, so as long as as long as Arkansas keeps winning, all of our uh, cell phones should be fine, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see what happens. Look, I mean, like you got to put some stock in Musselman when he was at Nevada. He he had a deep tournament run there, and and since he's been in Arkansas every year, man, he's overcome adversity and, and had some deep tournament runs. I know. This team has been banged up. They've had injuries all year, but getting Nick Smith back has been big for them. He's an elite talent. Still expect to be a first-round pick. So, uh, I don't know. Let's ride Arkansas. 
Speaking with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. He joins us every Thursday here on the show. Chris, it can be an SEC team or it can be a team outside of the SEC. We've been pondering this question today. If you had to take a team outside of a five seed, so six through 16, that could make a run at the final four. If you have a couple of them, we'd love to hear who it would be and why. Yeah, I've got I've got Memphis in there. Uh, Penny Hardway mm-hmm. has done a fantastic job there. Uh, he's recruited well. They're starting to get healthy, guys. They have a kid uh, from the Houston area who just got in there um, recently, and he's been playing really well. They they won the AAC tournament the other day over Houston, and I don't know. I just like the way Memphis has been playing. I could be wrong. They could lose in the first round, but uh, as far as what I was looking at lesser seeds that could make a deep run. I've got Memphis. I think I've got them beating Purdue in the next round. And uh, I think this is a, a Memphis team that's got enough talent that as long as they're well coached by Penny Hardaway, I think they can get all the way there. So I got Memphis in my final four. And outside of that, it's Bam and Houston who are both one seed from UCLA who's a two seed. So those are no fun, but Memphis and eight seed, great value on them if you want to pick them. I got gotcha. you. Well, uh, Chris, I want to bring it back to something you said earlier talking about that Mississippi State team that lost a heartbreaker. Were you surprised that they jacked up as many threes as they did while being the worst three-point shooting team in America? I mean, they shot 23 of them and just made six. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's opposite of what we come to know from this Chris Jans team all year, that they were physical, they were attacking the rim with Tolu Smith, and then all of a sudden they wanted to try to you know, start jacking up three after three. It, it was not a recipe for success, and unfortunately they had a wide-open look at the buzzer to win it, and they just couldn't knock it down. But they had a chance to the tip too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had, they had multiple opportunities there, but kudos to them. I mean, I think they're in good hands. Like I said, Christian's year one there has done a fantastic job. And what's crazy, guys, you look at the SEC West, whether it's Musk at, at Arkansas, Bruce Pearl at Auburn, you know, obviously with Nate Oates is doing it at Alabama, Buzz Williams at A&M. Now you bring Chris Beard into the fold at Ole Miss. I think Matt McMahon's going to start recruiting very well at LSU. Like, the SEC West just gets even more difficult. And then, oh, by the way, very soon we're going to have, you know, Texas and Arkansas coming into the – or Texas and Oklahoma coming into the fold. So it's um, it's it's a murderer's row of good coaches, and I think it's only going to get better here real soon. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. He joins us every Thursday at 3.30 right here on On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Chris, we appreciate you and your time. We know that you're uh, taking in all of the games that are going on today and tomorrow and over the weekend. Let everybody know where they can keep up with you, your podcast, and what you got coming up. Yeah, LockedOnSEC.com and LockedOnSEC wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode, we got our buddy Chris Marler up there with us from the College Football Intensity Podcast, and he's a trip. Always cracking jokes, taking shots at the Tennessee fans. So uh, go check that out wherever you get your podcast. Guarantee you'll get a laugh out of it. Well, man, we appreciate it. Go enjoy the games, and uh, we'll talk to you next week about who made it through these first couple of crazy days. All right, guys, and if Auburn's there, I will eat crow on this show next week. (laughs) We'll hold you to it, Chris. It's good to hear from you, man. That is Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. He joins us again every Thursday at 3.30 right here on the show, and uh, he was critical of Auburn. So, uh, Shane, if you're still listening, maybe he pleased you. Maybe he stuck to his guns because Chris was very, very critical of Auburn in this first-round game against Iowa. I mean, I'm I'm a little surprised just how much he was – anti-Auburn I don't think this is, this is this is as much as this may not be one of Bruce Pearl's best team 
This is not one of Fran McCaffrey's best teams at Iowa. No, especially in the last couple of years. Think about the guys that have gone through Iowa in the last few years. Luca Garza carried them to be a really good team for a lot of years, uh, and he's now, I guess he's somewhere in the NBA. I forget who he's with. Uh, I think he had a matchup where where he scored some points on uh, Kessler the other day. He's not an NBA guy, though. Well, he technically is right now. He's not an NBA guy in my mind. We'll get to our final break here and wrap it up on the other side. Give our picks and predictions for Auburn and Iowa. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's get to the phone lines as we wrap up the Thursday edition of On the Line. Shane, you're back on the line. Were you listening to the Chris Gordy interview, brother? Hey, man, I was listening to it. I'm surprised that he, he stuck to his guns and, um, and bashed <laughs> Auburn as much as he did. He's not taking but, uh, Auburn tonight. He's got Iowa, and I he mean, said this he is, is not a good Auburn team. He is correct that this is one of Bruce Pearl's worst teams at Auburn, but, yeah, but it's not a good Iowa but, team either. Yeah, that I, I, I'm I'm with you on that. And and if you go back and look at our schedule, there are seven games, seven, where we lose by two points, three points, and I think one by five to Alabama in overtime. Seven. So, so that's that's like a shot at the end of every game is how we end those games. Yeah. You know, uh, we we they make one real quick and we miss ours, and and the game's over, and it's like two points, three points. Seven games, so you're talking. That's not. That's not. There's not. It's not a bad team. That's that's. We we just can't close it. So so that's seven teams. We're twenty. So well, what's a twenty-seven and and five seed right now? If if, if you're if you're twenty-five and seven, what what's that? What, what seed are you? You're like a three or four. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're looking. Yeah, probably three but, or four. And and I do think it's worth mentioning uh, a stat that Bruce threw out in his media um, availability this week. Only Kansas, Texas, and Baylor have played more NCAA tournament teams than Auburn this year. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how, if if it's which is the worst team that Bruce has had. I, it's not the I worst, it's but hardest. Yeah, it's like, not it the worst, but that he needs, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and he's still, you know, almost, almost there in, in yeah. every single game. Yeah, but so, I, you know, people can bash you and and and, and count you out. But but you know this is I think that they're going they're going into it where this is a whole new season right now. That's you know, the mindset you have playing. to have. Yep. You know I think you know I think they're going to surprise some people, Carter. I know I'm, I agree with you tonight, and we're going to. Um, and mm-hmm. if we get through this one, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to get through Houston. So wow, that's confident that's right all, there. That's confident. That's, that's all you can. I mean, if you get to the Swift Sixteen, you, you had a good season, in my opinion. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Shane, it's good to hear from you again, brother. Hope you're doing well. Yep, good to hear from you. And uh, we got a couple of minutes here to wrap up our thoughts. As hey. Before we get to our last conversation about Auburn and Iowa, credit to Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Yes, they're, they're down by 20, the but they are fighting Alabama in the second half. So good for them, man. Yeah, good for I've, them. I've been impressed with the effort in the second half. They seem to be making this Alabama team a little more uncomfortable in the second half. Um, they forced three turnovers. Alabama's just 5 of 12 after shooting just the lights out in the first half. Uh, 2 of 7 from 3 in the second half. Um, they they're still holding Brandon Miller to zero, zero for five from the field, yep. zero for three from three, scoreless, and they are 
getting after him. Brandon Miller sitting on the bench with three fouls right now. couple of updates on games going on around the country. Alabama, we just mentioned, upped by 20 with 12 minutes to play there in Birmingham. How about this? San Diego State, the five seed, all of a sudden up by seven on Charleston, 41-34 with 15 to play in the second half. Arizona, the two seed, up on Princeton, the 15 seed, 30-22. to And early on in the first half, Arkansas up by five, 12-7 on Illinois. Carter, we have about a minute and a half. Your final thoughts Auburn Iowa tonight do the Tigers get it done yes I think they do I think that Auburn plays very well in this game and uh, I think we're we're sitting here talking about a uh, an Auburn Houston matchup tomorrow that I don't love right now I don't love it but especially if Marcus Sasser's playing. I like it a lot more when Auburn is going to be matched up against the Northern Kentucky Norse because if Sasser doesn't play tonight against Houston, the 16th seed in Northern Kentucky in my upset pick can take down Houston. We'll see if that is the case, but I do think Auburn plays well defensively tonight. I think Auburn can play well enough offensively to keep Iowa under that mark of 75. Keep your eye on that. If Auburn can hold Iowa under 75 points, Auburn's going to win this game. They will win this game if they hold Iowa under 75 points and do not give up 45 points in the first half because Auburn's not good enough to battle back from that. But I think Auburn plays well. I think they start slow, but I think they end up getting it going late in the second half or even early in that second half. I'm going to take Auburn to beat Iowa tonight in the first round. Yeah, I agree with you. I just think Auburn has to protect the basketball. If they protect the basketball and play good, especially three-point defense, I think Auburn gets it done, especially with the advantage they're going to have down low. Auburn needs some points, and and they need some help from the bench. The bench has to play good tonight. KD Johnson, Leor Berman, Chris Moore, Dylan Cardwell, whoever it is, the bench has to contribute tonight, and I think that will happen, and I think Auburn will win tonight against Iowa. Reminder, stay tuned here on ESPN 106.7, The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck. They are live on location at Sky Bar from 4 to 6, so they'll be talking about Auburn and Iowa, give you some updates from the other games going on around the country in the NCAA tournament. But what a fun show this was today. Be sure to go and listen to the podcast, ESPNAU.com, if you missed any of it. And Carter, tomorrow should be just as fun, brother. Hopefully we're talking about an Auburn victory and what they have to do in the round of 32 to move on in the NCAA tournament. So it's exciting. It's a lot of fun. Keep watching the games and keep up with your bracket at ESPNAU.com. We'll be back tomorrow, and we can only hope that it, it is as fun as it was today. We'll see if Auburn pulls it off. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.